everybody. Good Life Housing Partners. It is our weekly podcast episode. Today is Monday, November 13th. We are here in the Good Life HQ. I'm sitting here with my partner getting ready to do a little travel. David Fong, where does this find you, my friend? It finds me well. Just getting ready to travel, as you mentioned, to Dallas. Um, just to recap, last week, uh, a lot, a lot of uh, interesting things happening, some, some mm-hmm. positive. Uh, first thing, uh, Interesting was the uh, I think the auto worker strike is over. Oh, I didn't even realize that. They, I think they, I vaguely uh, heard that, but I, I was overshadowed by they, the the actors. Right? Yeah, well, the actor strike mm-hmm. is, is also, which is a big thing here in uh, Hollywood, in Los Angeles. Big, yeah, in Los Angeles. La La Land here. So you know, two things I think we mentioned in prior bo- podcasts about you know you know where that you know might have an impact on the economy. Now those two big things are, are at least settled, and yes. then. In Las Vegas, which is gearing up for the F1, F1 this coming weekend, yeah. which I might sneak out to. Oh, um, oh, the, look at you! The, um, the hotel workers were destined to go to strike uh, last week, and then at, at, on Friday, and at the last minute, they cut a deal with the casinos, and, and uh, here we are, averted it. But uh, that would have been a, a pure disaster for, <laughs> for Vegas if that had happened. Yeah, if all these workers, uh, went, hotel workers, went on strike just as this big weekend. Um, was, was coming so it's, it's it's this weekend, right? Yeah, it's this coming weekend. Yeah. This, uh, so get, get, so as you're on that, what are some of because you hear so much by F one, you hear all these like crazy prices that people are getting for houses, and what's something crazy you? It's well, you know, I don't. Yeah, it's interesting you ask that because I've I've seen competing things online, and mm-hmm. I don't know what's the what's bottom true? line yet. Originally, what I heard was there's these outrageous numbers, hundred thousand dollars a night hotel rooms. Okay, and, I've heard that. And uh, but lately, I heard in the last few weeks that they didn't get the sales. And the, the I've heard that and, too. I've heard and that. And it was really, I think, they didn't really. They were trying to target the regular F one crowd mm-hmm. and fan base, which is supposed to be a fairly affluent yeah, crowd. Very affluent. And it wasn't intended, you know, to come to Vegas, and it wasn't really aimed at the the local Vegas local, yeah. nor the sort of normal person going to Man on the Strip, MGM Grand, or wherever. Yeah. And, and so just because the prices were so high, but they didn't seem to care. But I think um, at least the rumor has it, what I've been seeing is that the, the demand is not there. And, you know, just anecdotally, you know, because I gamble once in a while, I get, <laughs> I get email marketing emails too. And I've noticed yes, that do. the pricing uh, has gone down. And, and just as an example, Venetian, they have packages starting at $400, $400 a night. Four hundred now. Four hundred a night. So it's for F one for like the actual. For, day. For the, it's Sunday, right? It's 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 uh, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So but the races. I don't. Oh, well, I don't know which is the exact date. Because there's some practice stuff. Yeah, there's practicing. I think opening day. It's there's like some kind of ceremony on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of our friends in Vegas is uh, invited to that. Ah, he's gonna go. Wow. He's gonna go. Wow. Moving <laughs> so, up in the world there. And so, I like uh, it. but uh, yeah, so it's, so it's so it's a big but. And I know it's totally transformed, you know, the, the physical uh, strip, at least in terms of like, you know, the Bellagio fountains have all been shut off. Oh. And instead, there's grandstands there. Oh, oh, for the, oh, wow. Literally, we're all those, 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 and, you know, I've had friends who didn't realize that last week, you know, because yeah. you know, they were still finishing up construction. He was, he was, he had paid for expensive dinner reservation at, at one of the restaurants that overlooks the fountains. And he realized, like, there's no more view. <laughs> it's there's a, no view. To see. And Interesting. Then, and then similarly, the gondolas in front of um, the gondola lake in front of the Venetian is also shut down, and they built grandstands over it. And and the, the same thing on the Mirage side, there's no volcano oh, wow. or anything. So it's, so it's 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 a very different strip. But but at least the construction part is done now. There's because it was traffic was very was horrible, is what I heard. Everyone used to say avoid it, but now it's uh, um, 
now it's, now it's the strict traffic is normal. Although the one thing someone told me they heard was that the taxi drivers are telling them that it's it, like, don't take a taxi. It's just going to be chaos. So they, they haven't planned it well because that strip artery is closed. And I don't know how the logistics of where cabs drop people off and stuff. It's going to be a mess. They said. Mm. So, Oh, because everyone has to go like the back. Yeah, back roads and stuff. It sucks. Well, the craziest number I, before you give us the full yeah. description of what's happening in Las Vegas and on the strip, was a friend of mine was going and he was going to pay 700 bucks to stay at the Motel 6 in Henderson. The Motel 6 in, oh my God. I, I should definitely float him this Venetian deal if he's still <laughs> considering so it. Like, yeah, so he was going to buy 700 but I don't know when he checked last, so maybe... Maybe maybe things have actually really cooled down. Yeah, the Venetia's going. I, I suspect this, it's it's really cooled down. Because I was hearing crazy things like so, a, earlier this year, like people spending yeah. quite a bit of money. Yeah, and so and if it's true, I mean, it's a good thing too if it's if it's quieted down a bit too. Because yeah. then that it allows people like and it's first time like, doing to it go, too. Yeah, you're gonna have like you know it's gonna be a little messy on the front end. Yeah, but it's amazing too. Like they built these big billion yeah. dollar buildings just to, that'll be left there. Yeah, to do the. But some of the other things they've done there in the construction, which I don't know, if they, they've actually built bridges over the over certain streets. Oh, so traffic can but, flow over it. Oh, I see. It's now because now that the strip and these other streets are part of a track. I see. I see. And so, then, then as that, that's not permanent. Yeah, that's not permanent. But, it's, just but, but it looks like bridges. a permanent okay. kind of bridge. That, oh, and, and it, it, you know, some people because they had those. Say, did they have bridges over the? Street? No, they did. So, so that's well, no, the, they do have one. They have those those bridges between like uh, like Palazzo Venetian. It yeah, but not, but not, uh, yeah. no, but not over the strip. They they cut through the strip. They there's a strip intersect. They they intersect the strip. But now there's some stuff like on the Paradise Club also that just takes you right over right. too. And then it's funny the Vegas people were complaining how like you know just like how we have here in LA you know sometimes they're they're doing construction on the 405 or 10 freeway and it's been years and they're like you know how did they get this construction done yeah. so fast? <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. And yet true. You know, I guess when there's when it's privately funded, I guess there's a way. There's a way. There's money to be made. There's a way. Um, so last week also um, just to continue the, the step you know one step forward two steps backward or two steps forward one step backward powell at the fed last thursday went at imf conference again uh you know even though inflation has been drifting downwards he, he said that if if, it, if if he made it clear if it becomes appropriate to tighten policy further we will not hesitate to do so good old powell still being a little hawkish out there um and so the big meeting now is december 13th so it's the next fed meeting and hopefully um, inflation and I guess CPI numbers are coming out this week, so hopefully yeah. the data still holds. S- s- holds yeah, before uh, Jerome gets any crazy ideas there. Um, the other, well, thing I'll tell is- you one thing that that you know speaks in favor of holding is because gas has gone no much down so much, which I think is like I feel like has become or is is the leading indicator now for inflation, and gas has like drastically gone down in the last like. 30, weeks, just yeah. there's 30 days i think it's gone yeah. like it's dropped like a rock from like you know well over 100 bucks a barrel to like in the 70s now so you know that's that i feel like really you know that that's one that is like very visible and like something that you can really hang your hat on a lot of ways and just you know from a lot for a lot of consumers is a day-to-day affection yeah but they'll they'll stay firm in their battle against inflation as firm say. in their battle um so the other other market news, I guess um, Signature Bank. Um, we don't have the the full report in yet, but I guess last Thursday was their call to offers for the sale of the portfolio of Signature Bank's um, 
loan, commercial real estate loan portfolios, a $33 billion portfolio, uh, went on sale in September. And, and I guess the valuations and the offers that, that they're getting, everyone's watching it carefully because they expect this is going to set some kind of baseline of what up, pricing yeah, is. Baseline. And so just in contrast, you know, Silicon Valley Bank's assets, they said, fetched on general 77 cents on the dollar. Hmm. And on this, people are projecting that it's anywhere from a 15 to 40% discount off of face value. Yeah. So, um, and then troubling out of that 33 billion, I think we've talked about this a little bit, um, 15 billion is secured uh, by multifamily. And then out of the 15 billion, 45% of those are rent stabilized or rent controlled, mainly in Manhattan. And so they think that depending on what this pricing comes out, this will affect or set values baseline values on uh, a lot of uh, rent-controlled New York properties for, for many years to come. Um, the other 16 billion just you know, are in office retail hotel. So, uh, but um, we'll see, we'll see what the market, uh, we, we obviously don't participate in those kinds of portfolios. Obviously the big guys, Blackstone, KKR, and everyone have looked at it. So it'll be interesting, be interesting to see, to see who happens. actually buys it. Yeah, and what, and what they pay. What so. the profile is, because that will really tell you what type of risk is actually there yeah and what what the market is going but, but it's also like because this because two things about signature that are a little weirder that, that make it harder to really say this is a market maker beyond maybe new york is that they had a lot of new york exposure and they also had a good amount of crypto borrowers yeah and so these are like kind of like while they're you know really big news stories over the last few years they're kind of like kind of outliers they're not like part of the main yeah, that's not you know, like, like New York real like estate is not like, like the normal Main Street real estate. Crypto <laughs> millionaires are not normal kind of like every, that's not your everyday millionaire, right? Like so, it's like very kind of oddball yeah. in a lot of ways, just like Silicon Valley in some ways, but even more so. Yeah, and so it's like like Trump's not your normal borrower on no. Main Street. Um, so but just, but I've, you know what's interesting is on that on that New York piece, I've heard that like with the the depending obviously what they get. But you'll be buying loans that are performing, that are performing, that are performing, and that once you write them down, even though they lent them at fours, four percent, five percent rates, once you write, once you get the discount, you're like in a seven percent yeah. yield. Yeah, well, and that's just it. People are going to want discounts because yeah, these loans are underwritten at low interest rates and current rates are a lot yeah. higher. So they're like, why do why do I want to buy this loan unless you get yeah. a discount? The only problem is there's no like clear. Upside. So yeah. what what happens next? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, speaking so of small banks, so it's interesting. Another report came out recently that said that you know small banks and large banks are kind of like heading in opposite directions in commercial real estate lending. Uh, seems like you know most more and more small banks uh, they've been growing their deposits and they're starting to make more commercial real estate loans than in the past. And large banks have slowed down on their loan originations, and mostly hmm. their loan originations were big loans. Um, but instead, they're moving more um, money to cash, you know, and then setting up more reserves for loan losses. Whereas the smaller banks, while they're making more loans, they're also requiring borrowers to put up more deposits. So they're getting deposits, so they have more collateral for loan defaults. But on the other hand, deposits are also, you know, something, you know, is, is actually from an accounting standpoint, a liability on a bank's balance sheet because, you know, depositor can remove it at any time generally. So, um, those that are, uh, you know, collateral, but in general, deposits are, you know, that's that's what happened, why you have runs on banks. And so they, they record them as liabilities. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long that trend continues. Yeah. That will be interesting to see how, how what happens on that. 
Um, so the other big news last week too. One last big news. One last piece of news is WeWork number. finally filed bankruptcy. Yes, adios WeWork. Yes, yes, they. Uh, I think it's already been bought. Well, they've cut a deal with ninety percent of their lenders. Yeah, they've and written so, off. But yeah, they've written it there, and they're planning to in, in this bankruptcy filing. They filed in New Jersey, and they plan to terminate sixty nine leases. <laughs> and yeah, they're still they've already started. Yeah, they're renegotiating with four hundred other landlords, and so. Um, in these 69 leases that they're terminating, 50% uh, or more are in New York City. Yeah. So a lot of New York. There's uh, six in LA. So, yeah, so they're, so they're going to really hurt the, the New York. You think the downtown one's going to stay? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, yeah. Um, although Actually, there's just... one on US Bank that stayed. The one now on Sid's sick. I haven't seen so I think it's yeah. on her. So the big question is, you know, you know, one question happens too with all this bankruptcy, especially on these leases that are terminated. What happens to the poor companies that, actually use this space <laughs> you know they're, they're, i guess they're out hunting for for new space or unless, month, or, month or, unless, or unless the uh landlord of the building cuts them to get a deal so very empathetic of you worried about these little <laughs> companies on month to month leases so, so but but i guess that goes, i don't think the office space is hard to find yeah, right now true, true. but it, but it is disruptive and then and yeah if that's mail home, menu costs that yeah. type of stuff and if that's been their home um it's interesting you know <laughs> just to show you how far we work has fallen I guess at their peak, they were valued at forty-seven billion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and now you know now now they're in a bank bankruptcy. Um, but you know what's funny is like it, it really like I, I've been a handful of WeWorks and some of the like specifically the one here in, in LA, like and Seventh Street, which is like you know it's it, pretty what, nice. It's nice, but at one point, like as it was one of the earlier WeWorks, they had like kombucha on draft, and, you know, all this stuff. And and when and one guy I used to know that would work in there, he would be like, "Yeah, yeah." Every like basically every few days, someone will just roll up in here with a one of those five gallon sparklers jug and empty up the kombucha. <laughs> oh, and take it really just, just take, 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 yeah. take out the kombucha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think the kombucha stealing was indicative of we were going bankrupt, but just... <laughs> well, well, it's, it's interesting. So uh, SoftBank, who was the big, yeah, big, yeah, the biggest they, funder. You want to see how much money they lost? So they um, they lost ten. I think they, they've lost um, uh, cumulative losses in WeWork to date is fourteen point three billion. Fourteen point three. Wow. Yeah, and, and they just how posted, much did Adam lose? Well, he has lost anything. <laughs> and then the third quarter, you know, the SoftBank posted the overall results for their funds because of WeWork. It gave their fund a six point two billion dollar loss. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, Adam, who left earlier, was ousted. Yeah, got all sorts of money and options, and, and has he done got a lot. And then he he even got um, loans from from uh, SoftBank, a couple of half a million half a billion dollar loans, which were not a recourse either. So um, I think it was secured by his worthless stock now. Yeah. <laughs> and so he can just easily step away, and then he's done really well for himself. He, in a quote, when people interviewed him about this bankruptcy, he lamented how. You know, the WeWork product is actually a product that's more relevant today than, than in the past because of all the demand for flexibility by companies downsizing and people wanting to, like, you know, have hybrid space. And so he thinks it's it's sad that his, uh, you know, his, his business, you know, this business strategy doesn't work and that they hit the file. Um, the problem is, uh, you know, his, his view is that it should appeal to downsizing uh, uh, corporate corporate clients but but instead it doesn't because um that you know what's what's happened instead is now you know corporate clients you know they've they've dumped all the space on the market so there's so much sub sub lease space so it just it's just making 
life a lot tougher for uh, office landlords. Um, Regis, who's the main competitor, who's private, doesn't really reveal their uh, data, said that, that they're operating in a 74% vacancy. So this whole... 74% vacancy or occupancy? Obviously, excuse me, occupancy, okay. which is still below the national U.S. is 83%. Um, and they said that WeWorks really appealed mainly to, to the startups, yeah. uh, new companies, because they just need to, you know, like you said, they don't want to have commitments and they uh, just want the, the space. Yeah. Um, and the, the, yeah, the real beneficiaries of all this, they say, at the end of the day, is the class A owners yeah. who have the prime locations, like the one Vanderbilt, and the guys who have really kind of like updated their... Their, um, but WeWork offices. also updated so much of that space. True, but but the, what the, what they're saying now is like now with all this space on the market because of WeWork hybrid. Well, WeWork and also hybrid working right. and, and all this stuff. The guys are benefit mostly guys with the newer spaces that are right locations that basically have all the amenities. And I've seen some like I think when I met our friend in New York. Yeah, that back the one said friend, that and or yeah. that where you guys had coffee. Yeah. Coffee, yeah. They they said that because because corporate tenants like those. The type of buildings yeah. now because it's cooler, hip, or whatever. The amenities are better. The, it, 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 they need something to convince people to come back yeah, to work, attractive work to keep them and, and to keep them there because they're still battling in that in that yeah. uh, you know come back to work mode. So anyway, the era we work is over. So, uh, but I think whoever buys it, or, you know, I, I think it's already been bought, but I think they'll do like because you're going to have so much runway. Because you're in this time of you can you can kill off weak leases, yeah, and you also have all this leeway with the bankruptcy of like reorganizing what else you need to reorganize, and really your business has more or less been built already, yeah, and you can now operate it like substantially lower cost, and you're like done. You're not like oh we got to put all this money into the you know the one Vanderbilt location or the location down over in uh, like Nashville. <laughs> You're already built. You just like you know, all you gotta do is like get to lease it again. Yeah. Well, they had 13 billion at least obligations that they get to clean up. With this yeah. Bankruptcy. So, yeah. so no, like you said, it, it's a good reset. It's a good reset, and they can, they're gonna have like the they have mostly a locations, yeah. and they fit it out like really a space. Yeah. The and problem so, is if you're the landlords who don't who aren't in the leases that they're keeping, yeah. you're kind of screwed because you probably had your own problems already with your office building. But now like, you're just got even worse. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean. Theoretically, if you're in good locations, you've got fitted out space. Yes, you're gonna have you're gonna have some problems initially, but maybe it's for the best. Maybe maybe we work with paying below market rents. I don't know. But it is but you've still your space is fitted. You, you yeah, because they do a heavy TI. Yeah, but not all of them probably. I mean, the ones that they terminated obviously weren't weaker ones. Were weaker ones. So those yeah. landlords probably have weaker buildings. Probably, probably, yeah. probably or just weaker locations. Yeah, weaker locations. <laughs> Etc. So there. Are all right. Let's let's talk some. Uh, we get, went through all the numbers, so I'm going to eliminate the numbers going okay. forward because we're doing a bunch of numbers on the front end. That's kind of okay. become our our new rhythm here. So uh, why don't we j- jump into content? And before I jump into that, was there anything I'm going to instead of taking numbers out? I was going to introduce what was something great you ate last week. So I'll let you think about that. Well, give me your content. Yeah. Something great I ate last week. Well, something you really enjoyed eating. I have to think about this one. Or doing. Yeah, I'll even take a doing. But look, I'll start with context. Start. So I see content. I watched uh, Quiz Lady on Hulu. Okay. And it's uh, it starts it stars uh, Aquafina and okay. Sandra Oh. 
And I must say the Sandra Oh really does steal the show. She's like, plays this like, um, she plays this like, old, she plays somebody that's like in her 40s, but is trying to act like she's in her 20s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's like, just like this, like, really going nowhere in life person. Mm-hmm. But she's funny. And it's a role I've not seen her play. It's so it, but she does a good what, job. Of what was what was the HBO show that that kind of made her famous? The HBO, yeah, she was on Grey's Anatomy. Grey's or was it Grey's Anatomy? No, yeah, she was on Grey's Anatomy. She was a that. doctor in Grey's Anatomy. Was she, was she on like a Larry David show? Was she, she was. On, I thought there was some comedy. She was like some kind of like irreverent comedy that I. I didn't think it was that great a show. No, I know she was. There's there's uh-huh. something that she was. Anyway, yeah, yeah I thought yeah, of my tweet. <laughs> okay, well, well, what's your content before you? So my content is a, a it, it was I, I thought it was actually a Korean show, but it turned out to be a Japanese show. Hmm. But it was a show called Trillion Dollar Game. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> this is this is is this the the uh, like is this Squid Game number two? No, it's not Squid Game. It's nothing to do with Squid Game. It's basically um, it's kind of a, a interesting show about startups in Japan, hmm. and it's about these two guys, high school buddies. One's the computer nerd, very uh, you know. Very low social skills, and, you know, awkward around people, and and then he, you know, guy saved him from bullies. Is another guy who's the charmer, sweet talker, mm. you know, good looking guy, and basically, basically the hustler. And basically, two of them decide to, to do a startup, a computer startup. Yeah, okay, okay. And in Japan. In Japan, yeah. And they, okay. And they they hustle because of little hustling tricks that the guy comes up with, and getting fans mm-hmm. and different things. They're they're able to get some VC investor to. Give them thirty million yen, and okay. from there they, you know, kind of keep keep. It's all just a, just keep going on and on. Yeah, and then he, uh, you know, promises the guy, you know, they'll get they'll create a product. They don't know what it is, and they'll get sales. They'll do three million in sales the first month. Yeah, and you know, meanwhile the socially awkward guys like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's a very big fake it till you make it kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And so, but it's an interesting thing because they, the characters in there, and, and they talk about because. Uh, they hire this one lady, and I guess she studies all these business books, and they talk about they use all these acronyms about you know VIP viable initial product that you first have to in a startup you need this and this and, and all these traditional rules about business. And, and so uh, they actually had an interesting question I was going to ask you that they used for job interviews. Oh, I love those where questions. they got some, some and they said, okay, you know you're selling a certain high end brand of dishes, and you want to sell them for a thousand dollars a dish. And there's, they set you up in this marketplace, and the guy next to you has got the exact same dish, but he's selling it for five hundred dollars a dish. Hmm. What do you What do you do? How are you going to sell your dishes? <laughs> yeah. And so the bad answer is you cut your prices lower yeah. than the other guys, but then you're yeah. in a bidding war and you keep going down and down and down. Yeah. And then the the correct answer was to buy out the other guy's dishes. Okay. And charge. Fifteen hundred for all the dishes, the dishes. Okay. and you make a profit. And That's a good go, way of doing it. Go out it. And buy some other dish guys and keep going to company. That's a good way of doing it. Kind of it. almost right. like an analogy to companies buying other companies and with with an acquisition strategy. Right, right, right. So, uh, but instead they hired a, a woman who <laughs> who answered the question that she couldn't answer the question because she was this very honest woman. Well, she said because she already read it in another book and she knew the answer. Thought it would be unfair to other job candidates. If she oh, that's very sweet. Answer the answer. Very good. And so, so yeah, so so instead they hired her. So oh, that's anyway, funny. anyway, so, so it's 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 cute. It's it's got a little truly. Is, it's in Korean. It's Japanese. It's in Japanese. Japanese. So yeah, subtitles. yeah, and the, and the name the yeah subtitle and the name subtitles is, or is it voiceover? Subtitles. Okay. They are speaking Japanese and, okay. and the uh, it's named after they feel like to, to be a major company. Trillion dollars is the 
is the new worth, number. Is the, is, the net, is the worth you need to have? Nice, and, nice. And, and so, trillion yen or trillion dollars? Uh, tr- uh, I guess trillion yen, okay. which is not trillion dollars. <laughs> but, yeah. the, but then I guess they're because because initially they said, or at least in the subtitles, it said that uh, you know this, to be a Google or an Apple, but you need to be a trillion dollar company. Right, right, right. And so right, let's right. set that as our goal. Got it. Got and it. so so it's, it's cute. So Sandra O was, I think the movie, the show you're thinking of is Argus. Yes, that's it. Argus. Yeah, yeah. She was the little gal in that. Yeah, but she was also in uh, Sideways. What's Sideways? Sideways is the famous movie um, about Pinot Noir with Paul Giamatti. And, um, and that's a great movie. Sideways, just as, as a side, Sideways single-handedly made, essentially created an entire, like, Pinot Noir market, and at the same time made Merlot. These are grape varietals. Made it go down like twenty five percent. Oh wow! Because okay. it was basically his thing is he loves Pinot Noir because it's a very hard grape to grow, and Merlot is a very easy grape to grow, and and so he's like Merlot is like basically shit. <laughs> but yeah, he, she's in that too. She's pretty funny in that actually. Um, you should see that movie. It's a great movie. Um, all right. What any upgrade? Uh, no upgrade, but I have my food. Okay, I'll wait for your food. I'm going to give you my upgrade. My upgrade was I, I listened to, the, I actually uh, follow this guy as a great newsletter. And he he comes up with little fitness um, little fitness tips. And one of his tips was like, it's when, you're, when you're like lifting weights, don't count up, count backwards. So if you want 10 reps, start at 10 and go down. Okay. And it forces your mind to like sort of like, if a it gives you like it's it's somehow better for your rhythm, but it like forces your mind to like get to that last one, and like work harder as work you're doing harder. it somehow. Oh, and I've been doing it. It's like yeah, it's like, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. It's a good little tip. Um, and I mentioned his newsletter because in your example of the dishes, one of the more interesting things I've heard is when you make a newsletter, you initially your initial thought is. I want to broadcast this newsletter to thousands of people. But the new thinking is that don't do any of that. You should just broadcast your newsletter to like a very few select group of people. And this is the new way of people are, are doing newsletters because there's so many newsletters. He's like basically like Tom Brady's coming out with a newsletter. And he's going to charge like something like a thousand bucks for them. But you can't even get the newsletter. You have to be vetted to get the newsletter. Oh, wow. So you have to like be a pro, former pro player or a current pro player or something. Something that like qualifies you to get the newsletter, and then you pay the money. Right. So he's like, you oh, trim down your audience, and then you get this like very, very specific uh, niche audience that's like really into whatever you're putting out, like because they find it insightful or whatever. That's interesting because in, in the it's counterintuitive. Yeah, it's interesting because in the trillion game, it's one of the things they did was they were trying to uh, they created a website with a, with an AI product, and they were trying to. Uh, some more sales. And oh, so one of the things okay. that the guy did was he kind of manipulated their social skills. A couple of influencers, the mm. social influencers, it got them to use use the website, and then mm. know, they had someone write. Yeah, he himself, one of the the, the company guys, he 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 then emailed them. How did you find out about that? How did you know? Oh, about I that? He said, "Oh, I use this site." He's, yeah, and he started promoting it without really knowing he promoted. <laughs> and so, uh, but it was a specialized guy, which is that's the other thing that's interesting about this show is. 
it looks at some interesting aspects of Japanese culture too. Hmm. And there was this, uh, he was like a super, it's like the, uh, the guy at the Clipper game. I've got that super fan. Oh, Clipper Darrow. Clipper Darrow, right? Good old so Clipper Darrow. It's like Clipper Darrow. But like, I guess in Japan, like a lot of these video games are super popular hmm. and they have all these attractive women dressed in these anime costumes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, they, and almost like K-pop dancers. And they're all performing in different things. And there are these fan chants. Hmm. And these Clipper Darrow is like leading this whole like dance routine. So Clipper Darrow does all this money to do that. They spend all this money in the yeah. whole class of consumer there. And so he convinced them to use their website to buy flowers for the girls. So it's interesting. 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 Um, all right. What did you eat last week? Or what did you, what did you eat? It, is, it was, is that a good question? It was, no, I actually told producer Jason this too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went to this restaurant and I, and I, I just had a, it was like a, it was an Asian Vietnamese fusion restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I had this steak dish with mm. um, garlic noodles that they made. Mm. And it was just really good. It was, because, uh, you know, you know how I don't, I have a pen chef for not liking onions and had all these onions in it. I was eating the onions too. And wow. I was like surprised. Which restaurant like, was this? Um, I forget the name. Uh, it was, it was in Tustin in, in Orange Tustin. County. Uh, Jason, do you remember the name? Was, I'm thinking like something kitchen. Like mama ate like mama kitchen or something. That's the name. Mm. I'll, I'll I'll find it. But uh, yeah, so I remember just you know I didn't think much. I'll just get some noodles and steak. Okay, and, okay. And I think and I was I was totally surprised. Like this is actually pretty good. It's really good. And nice. it was and it was uh you know it wasn't too filling. And so so I felt uh, I felt good after I didn't feel bloated after eating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. nice too. And it was also cute because they they use uh, robots to deliver your food. Oh yes, the little robot, the robot came, came up yes. to my table and. Yes, I took yes. my plate off. Um, well, I had, uh, I had yesterday was Diwali, so we celebrated Diwali. I had some friends over, and I had these samosas from Namaste Spiceland in Pasadena, which is uh, one of these. They they have this concept. I think only Indian, only like Eastern cultures have this. I don't think the the, the Chinese do this, but they basically have a grocery store, but they also have a restaurant. It's like it's very common in mm-hmm. in for some reason in Indian, in Pakistani type of things where it's like a grocery store. You buy all your kind of like Indian groceries, like specific Indian foods and vegetables and things like that. And then they also have a restaurant component. Okay. They can buy like you know fresh. I mean, like a they actually sit down for restaurant. Well, it's it's not sit down in the sense a that you get restaurant. you. It's just like a it's like a you know there's buffet aisle and you just order. Like okay. I want this, I want that, and they just give you a plate. Okay, and it's very reasonably priced. It's very common. Um, but they, but if you go there right when they right when they start, uh-huh. they open at like nine or something. But they start their food at eleven. If you go there right at eleven, which is what I did yesterday, and you'll get like the freshest, okay. like it's just out of like the cooker, or the okay. fryer, or the oven, or whatever it is. And they have like they make really good samosas. But usually you don't go there till like later, and the samosas sit. Yeah. But if you get them really fresh, they're awesome. They're like India quality samosas. So, so I had that. I had that, and I also had um, the Levain. This is a very famous cookie shop in New York, like lines around the block. And that cookie, I don't know what they're putting in that cookie, but it is like, it is literally bakery crack. Like it is so good. Like, oh, it, wow. It's like a five dollar cookie, but it's and someone brought a whole box of them. It was like probably spent a hundred bucks on twenty cookies or something. But it was like those cookies are amazing. Wait, there, where where is where is this located? This is in Larchmont. Oh, that's right. okay. And they don't, they only, they only ship themselves. They don't use any third parties. 
and uh, it's all, it has to be overnight shipping or like like whatever save me shipping oh, yeah, or something. And um, yeah, it, it's very particular, but it's really good. Probably the best cookie that. Um, so that's my that's my item, my food of the week: Levain okay. cookies and Namaste Spiceland samosas. Okay. All right. Uh, I did my upgrade. I did the content. I think that's everything. I think that's it. We'll try to do a Q&A this week. David's on the road, but I might be good for one. Um, all right, folks. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Have a good one.